Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go. Episode number 13 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Back again with your favorite hosts, Jace, Max, and myself, Peter. How are we doing, guys? Living the dream, Peter. Living the dream. Still on the road? Still on the road, installing guardrails so that your future daughters don't jump over. Not sons? No daughters for you, Peter. Oh, thanks. Jace? <laughs> Not too bad, man. I was sick as a dog the past two or three days and yeah. woke up this morning, wasn't feeling too bad, so... Hit a little turning point. Now we're talking fantasy. So I'm good, man. So for our daily dose of the digression monarchy podcast, I wanted to talk about how the NFL has uh, officially become the no fun league. Any takes from Monday night game? <laughs> Dude, uh, I feel like every hot take out there is out there now by now with all the, you know, the daily talk shows that happen early in the morning. I don't know, man. I, the, I, it's seriously turning into the no fun league, man. Like little, you can't even stare at a bench anymore. Like CNFL, these dudes are cracking into each other, making huge hits. Like there's going to be some animosity and some testosterone flowing. So let the boys play. Yeah. I just feel like it takes out, it takes away from the game. Like if you're going to like get a first down and be like, Oh, you can't celebrate that. Like you have to walk back to the huddle, like go back to the huddle. I, I just feel like it makes it for the players. They're not having as much fun. I know Adam Thielen tweeted about it you see that when you get penalties and stuff and like, I don't know, DK Metcalf getting fined $7,000 for jumping on a goalpost. That's an expensive jump right there. If you like. <laughs> oh boy. Is it? No, it was I, actually a hug. And DK said that no hug is worth $7,000. I disagree. <laughs> I would also disagree. I, I, I feel like given circumstances of life and death, like I think a hug is pretty <laughs> we're getting we're getting spicy on the podcast today. We're digressing in the dynasty monarchy podcast. We are, and we will stop the digression. Thank you, host. To thank our sponsor for the day, Game Day Liner. Game Day Liner it has been a tried and true sponsor since uh, the very first sponsorship on the show. We're we're really happy to keep having them come back every week. Spice up your tailgate this season with the original turf truck bed liner sport your team company custom logo in their handmade vehicle liners designed and crafted in the usa perfect for tailgates gyms home offices and anywhere you want to rep your favorite logo each product is pet party and waterproof very underrated very underrated feature visit Mm -hmm. gamedayliner.com and use the discount code dynasty 21 and that's all under case dynasty 21 to score your 15 percent off bonus on your custom liner that's code dynasty 21 at gamedayliner.com to get your 15 percent off bonus on your very own turf truck bed liner perfect for this time of year with tailgating definitely and one thing i wanted to throw in there I mentioned it uh, either a podcast or two ago, but the guy who owns this company, his name's Jimmy Day. I'm actually going to his wedding this weekend. I leave on Thursday. He is getting married to his beautiful fiance, Sam Brown. She's going to get that name switched around and uh, truly become a part of the game day liner company, I guess. But uh, no, man, I'm super excited for him and his company and, you know, to everyone out there listening, help support the guy, man. He's getting a family going. 
Um, so love the guy to death. Can't wait to see him this weekend. And uh, yeah, use our discount code and get yours. Congratulations from the Monarchs. Right. For sure. Love always wins. Yeah, love bet, always wins. I bet that's a $7,000 kiss on that day. Facts. If not more expensive, <laughs> I would I would argue somewhere probably in the fifty thousand dollar range, maybe even yeah. more. <laughs> yeah, that, that's an expensive kiss. All but right, so we have a great show for you guys today. Reports from around the realm. We have boom bust. A couple of weeks ago, we had our rebuilders special, and with the trade deadline looming over our heads each week, we are going to have our contender special, uh, and then quote from a fellow monarch and then we'll do hit and miss for the week just really quick to wrap the show up uh but without further ado i think we're gonna get right into our reports from around the realm our first report coming in someone that i always love talking about being a jets fan i know that that gets plugged every episode <laughs> I love the Jets. It somehow finds its way into every episode. Sam Darnold has a fractured scapula. Or is it scapula? <laughs> I think it's scapula, but I Dr. like scapula. Max. Yeah, Dr. let me Max. pull my doctor cap real quick. Uh, the latter. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Darnold has a fractured scapula and will likely lead to him. It is likely that it will lead to him missing the next several weeks. PJ Walker, the XFL sensation for like the five weeks the league was around. Uh, we'll be stepping in to play quarterback. Uh, how do you think this is going to affect the Carolina weapons? And then beyond that, I want to know a yes or a no definitive. Can he be a average starter in the league? Just average with his rush cup side. Uh, I mean, I think that if anything, it only helps the weapons in Carolina. With what Sam Darnold was doing, he was playing so bad, Peter. And you can make a face and like people can't see your face, but he literally made Robbie Anderson droppable. DJ Moore fell off a cliff and Jace is trying to trade him in redraft league. Yeah. <laughs> nice schedule coming up. I, I think Sam Darnold made his team worse. I think this is the team trying to just get him away and hurt his sensitive little feelings as we saw in New York and everything. I don't know, Peter, I know you love Sam Darnold. I'm about to go in on the guy. He just makes fantasy people irrelevant. Christian McCaffrey should probably make that offense a little better. I think P.J. Walker's upside in the rushing game will help take some of that away. Sam Darnold adds literally nothing to the table. I would probably rather have Josh Rosen than Sam Darnold. <laughs> Sorry, that, that was my rant. <laughs> hey, look, look, I had my Odell rant. I had my Odell rant. You're allowed to have your Darnold rant. Just like when you draft Robbie Anderson, I think Robbie and Sam are going to have this amazing connection. And then Robbie Anderson, like, he's had literally, like, over 10 points one time in 10 weeks. It's just sad. It's just – yeah, I think I like what you said. I don't know if it's de- like necessarily a guarantee it's going to be an upgrade, but I can't, you know, I won't say that it won't happen. Um, Darnold was just terrible over the last few weeks. And yeah, PJ Walker could be a step up. But I think honestly, what the biggest part of this whole thing is, I think, you know, CMC played a limited uh, amount of snaps this past week, looked good. Even got it done on your stat on your stat sheet. Um, he was a fantasy option, even playing like half the snaps. So, I think once he's fully healthy and fully, you know, ready to go, I think he is just going to be the absolute centerpiece of this offense. Everything is going to flow through him. They're going to try to keep the ball out of PJ Walker's hands as much as possible, and the best way to do that is to hand it off and dump it down to CMC. So, in regards to DJ Moore, you know, 
maybe the volume won't be there because they're not chucking as um, as often, but maybe the efficiency gets a little better. And the schedule is, it is pretty nice. You know, I've been trying to pawn DJ Moore off on the schedule alone, but the schedule is really nice. So I don't know, man. Like, I think we're going to get much of the same um, that we've gotten over the past couple of weeks. I just think CMC stock is the one that's going up. Yeah, I, I could not agree with all of you guys more. Robbie Anderson, even in Dynasty Leagues, is like even thinking about dropping him with those super deep benches. But he'll, he hangs on for now. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. see how the, the switch of quarterback goes. Uh, I don't know. The rest of these these Carolina weapons are just so weird. It's like Christian McCaffrey plays all the snaps. They look incredible. Christian McCaffrey's not there. They look terrible. Christian McCaffrey puts up half the snaps. They look meh. Yeah. And Darnold, I will, I will admit, I love the human. I love the human Sam Darnold, the player Sam Darnold. He was seeing ghosts 2.0 last night. Uh, not last night, Sunday. It was really bad. Bill Belichick's always had his number. He just knows how to beat him and make him look embarrassed. But at least he wasn't pulling on guys' ankles and injuring them. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think all the all the like weapons in Carolina, they should be fine. I almost panic sold DJ Moore today in the Dynasty League. I almost panic sold him to our good friend Mario. But uh, calmer heads prevailed. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the trade going to be? It was going to be DJ Moore in a second for Michael Pittman. Whoo, that, mm, that, that qualifies as a panic sell, I think. Yes. That's a big panic sell, Peter. And thank the, thank the Lord, thank the Lord on high. Mario said no. Wow. He he said no. He (laughs) said that I was selling high on DJ Moore and that Michael Pittman was a floor play for him to sell now. So, you know what? Sometimes you get bailed out and look, I could be wrong. But yeah, totally. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit happier as of this day, as of uh, what is it, 10, 11 p.m. on 11 9, 2021. I'm happier now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll, I'll just leave it at that. And then one last thing before we move on to the next note. Yes or no to starting PJ Walker with the good schedule if you're desperate. Yes. Sure. Absolutely. Why not? Why not? He's got Give weapons, man. Moving on to our next note. You know what? I feel wrong reading this note because I see it at the, you know, like the little address label. It says to Max. It doesn't say to me. So I'm, I'm going to let you read this one. It's like when the Polar Express drops off gifts. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll read this one. My English isn't that great. But number two says uh, Odell has prioritized the Packers as his number one destination has also had conversations with the Patriots, Chiefs, Saints. <clears throat> Sounds like he's ring chasing. Um, what's our level of interest in Odell? What would you pay for the 29-year-old who is possibly set to become a free agent after the conclusion of the season? Do you mm. want me to kick us off, too? Uh, this is your man. Yeah, I feel like it's only I, right, man. I expect nothing less. It's only right, you know, and I went on a rant about Sam Darnold, so I have to keep this one at a minimum. And a couple weeks ago, I was – praising Odell. It's like, he's going to come back. He's going to be good. Like I'd rather have a fifth rounder than, or JD McKissick. There's something you compare to JD McKissick. I would still and rather have him. Who JD McKissick or Odell Beckham? JD. JD. I honestly like, I'm pretty upset with Odell and how the whole thing has happened and what he did in his time in Cleveland. Um, 
I'd rather have Odell just based on the fact that he could go to Green Bay, that he could go play with Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. That's Matt great. He'll just drop balls yeah, on those he, quarterbacks. He was doing a lot of that in Cleveland. So it's just it, – it's, it's really sad. It's really disappointing. I just don't think he's the same player anymore. Yeah, I feel – I think if he lands in Green Bay or Kansas City, I think that's great and he'll be good for – the rest of the year, I'm not saying he's going to be locked and loaded wide receiver one. Even if he lands in Kansas City, he's going to be the three behind Hill and Kelsey. So, you know, he could end up with the McColl Hardman stat line each week if he ends up there. The Green Bay Packers would ultimately be the best place for him for sure. He'd definitely get some volume there. I think he would definitely be able to do things with it. I, I think he looks a little older than, you know, like these injuries. I, I think they've definitely caught up to him a little bit. He doesn't look that explosive to me when I'm watching him. But I one time, like, I don't remember what podcast it was, but I was kind of talking about Odell and Instafancy system. And I was comparing it to how they were using Stefan Diggs and how that just like wasn't working for the system. I think that's pretty much what was going on there, man. Like, I just don't think he was the right fit for that offense. So I do think if he lands in Green Bay or one of these other places, there is the chance that he just meshes better with that system and pre- presents some upside. But He's 29. He's going to be 30 next year. He's going to, you know, he might be a free agent again at the end of the season. I think the only way you want him is if you're a contender this year and you just need some wide receiver depth with, with some upside, but I'm not paying a haul for him whatsoever. I think a second rounder is probably the most I give up. I think a second tier. He just turned 29. He got traded. Off. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So do you think, oh, do you happy think birthday. <laughs> happy birthday, happy birthday, Odell from me, your biggest fan. <laughs> yeah. I know. No, if you think he's worth a second rounder, then what's Antonio Brown worth? Ugh. Antonio, I've been saying multiple seconds. I've been saying Antonio Brown is like the key, like, give me two seconds. No, but but when you're comparing a a guy who can't catch a ball from a quarterback who's probably got a bottom third arm strength in the league, the balls are just popping off of his chest. You're talking about Baker? Yeah. Baker's got that hose, dude. Oh, no, he doesn't. That's one of my favorite parts about him. He throws the no, hell he out doesn't. of that thing. No, he doesn't. You need to watch some film. That Baker has an arm, bro. Mm-hmm. I feel like, if anything, he lacks a little bit in touch because he's got too much juice he behind a lot of his throws. 100%, Jace. 100%. Baker he, he, flings that ball. And then here's the Browns fandom coming in to, <laughs> to, to destroy the dissenting opinion. Yeah, man. No. No, but you know, you guys could be right. But every time I see him out there, I see like a little lob pass to Odell and it just bounces off of his chest. He knows Odell's and, trash and he can't catch his fast. <laughs> lob it into him. He and he still it. drops it. He still drops him. He's cut. All right. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not even going to say what I think about Odell because the, the audience should know what I think. And say it. No, I'm not going to because the audience should know. And I heard my rant a couple weeks ago on how much I don't like him. I think Odell should go eat poop like he likes to do. (laughs) There we go. That's what I think. I think Odell needs to go to the poop store wherever he buys his poop (laughs) and eat it because he is a straight (laughs) dog. Now, kids, never meet your heroes because they always disappoint. I'm sorry, Max. Yeah. Breaking news actually here Mm. Uh, on the Fantasy Life app. Uh, you guys just got it too. Per source at this time, Odell Beckham Jr. still prefers to sign with the Packers. However, Green Bay's front office has not been as aggressive as others. 
They do have interest, though. It would come to a competitive offer. Beckham will likely sign with Green Bay. Oof. Hey, that's best case scenario, man. Like, Does if I'm play? gonna buy him, I'm buying him if he's going to Green Bay for sure. And I think, man, that presents a lot of upside. I think, like, if I'm paying for him and he's going to Green Bay, like with the all the unknowns, a second is all I'm willing to give up. But if he's, I mean, if it's an eighty percenter that he's going to Green Bay, I give up two or three seconds, honestly. Like, if yeah. you're content, well, only if you're Jeez. contender. Let me clarify. Jeez. Let me clarify. Dude, if I'm making the final push and I need some high upside in my flex, a late season resurgence with Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I I'm, I'm feeling my that, man. stomach. I I'm can't take that. it. Move I can't on, take it. I agree with Jason. Before we move on to the next note, would you start him? Let's say he plays against Seattle and they stink. Would you start him even if he's getting phased into the offense? Um, depends on what your options are, but if he's got a good matchup right out of the shoot, I mean, you're desperate the enough. The narrative's there. Yeah, man. I, I think he presents a lot of upside, man. If you're in a pinch and you're going up against someone who's projected a lot more points than you, I'll, I'll throw him in there, man. Like, I'll start him uh, Christmas Day when he plays the Browns. <laughs> now you know he's getting shut down by the Browns. You know yeah. that. They already put a stamp on that. You know that. They already put a stamp on that. They're like, yeah, we cut you, and now we're just going to smack the Bengals. I love that. I like that too, Jason. All right, so we are going to move into our next note. So favorite note we've actually had on the show in a very, very, very long time. I like this one a lot. Miles Sanders of the Philadelphia Eagles is due to return in the next couple weeks. Uh, the Eagles are running the ball 23.9 times, and that includes probably about half of that share going to Jalen Hurts. Uh, so they ran that many times while Sanders was healthy throughout the year. And since he's been on the IR, the Eagles are now running 26.2 times per game. And then over the last five games, they ran the ball 29.6 times per game. Uh, moving into the latter half of the season, running back depth is always super hard to come by. Miles Sanders is probably at an all-time low by now. So are we interested in maybe a little Miles Sanders action? This sounds sacrilegious, to be honest. It really does. But is anybody interested in a little bit of Miles Sanders? Personally, Miles Sanders was the grossest running back of the offseason for me. I mean, <laughs> me and Max are going back and forth on trades for him just endlessly. And, I mean – some of the offers that were getting the th- thrown around were just downright crazy, man. Like his value was so low. Like I'm uh, talking about JD McKissick at that point, I might've rather had JD McKissick than Miles Sanders. I might it, was, be <laughs> it was hot potato for Miles Sanders this past summer. Yeah, Maybe man. Team would get him. Team would trade him two days later. Exactly. But you know, this season when he, at the beginning of the season, he started out week one with 15 attempts um, 13 in week two, and then it just started plummeting where he was getting single digit attempts in games. His yards per carry was like sitting around five or six yards per carry all season. So incredible efficiency, but they just weren't giving him the rock. Um, yeah, but they've been running it a ton, like you said, especially over the last five games. Those numbers are quite insane. Um, he's due to return against New Orleans, which we all know is an extremely tough uh, matchup against running backs, but then he finishes up with. 
the Giants, Jets, a bye, which stinks in week 14, then Washington, the Giants, and then Washington again. So I think he's a fantastic buy right now. And I think too, just, I mean, depending on what your trade deadline is, if your trade deadline's not to like week 12 or something like that, I might let him even play against New Orleans before I try to buy him there. Um, because that that season finish is fantastic um, in regards to schedule. And if he keeps that efficiency up and gets more of a workload, like he's going to be a beast, a solid RB2 for your squad. I don't know. I, I just can't, I can't do it based on the name. I, I see the name <laughs> and I get grossed out. So for that reason, hey, look, I think I'm out. If you needed a solid RB2 last year, he was your man. 13, mm-hmm. 14 points, 12, 13, 14. And you know what? If they keep running a ball like this, and they keep poaching Mr. Hertz on the three-yard line, mm-hmm. maybe he has, like, top 24 for the rest of the year upside. For sure, man. Like, everyone was always saying he's big play dependent. He's big play dependent. The, the reason he's so big de- big play dependent is because he never has gotten the work, but he's been highly efficient. So all it, changed, all it needs – all he needs, excuse me, is to just get more work, man. But – leave it up to Sirianni and the Eagles to freaking once he gets back to go straight back to that game plan. They were doing the first five weeks before he got hurt. So, yeah. All right. So that's going to wrap up our reports from around the realm section. Uh, We are going to move into our boom bust, but before that we did want to say, give us a shout out on Twitter, follow us on Spotify, Apple pod, wherever you get your podcast, give us a follow. Uh, And then tweet at us. DM us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy, whatever you want to do over there. Just keep us in the conversation. We're always tweeting over there and have our respective handles in the bio. Uh, And we are going to move into our boom and bust of the week. First, we're going to start with our booms. Boom shakalaka. For boom and bust, I want Chase to decide this week our order. Let's go Max, Peter, then me. That's how I got it in the doc. Okay. And we're snaking it as always. Oh, Peter's favorite. Oh, I love the snake. Love the snake. Um, just got a really sad notification that Jace declined one of my trades. So <laughs> I'm a mentally mentally recover real quick. All right, I'm prepared. Uh, my boom of the week is uh, Nick Chubb. This is the What's kind his of name? Nicholas Jamal Chubb. There it is. <laughs> be honest. Um. This is the kind of game that I've been banking on from Nick Chubb for a very, very long time. Um, we knew he could do this. I mean, any given Sunday, given the offensive line, his talent, his system with Kevin Stefanski. I mean, we saw Darius Johnson do it on Thursday night versus the Broncos. I mean, the whole system like is so incredible. And he was hurt for a while and then COVID and everything like that. And, oh, he has COVID now. Now he's got COVID. Now he has COVID. So he's just had a b- bunch of bad luck and – between injuries and barely getting hurt and Kareem Hunt stealing the workload, then Kareem gets hurt. This is just finally the Nick Chubb breakout game that I've been waiting for. I mean, it's been a long time coming, and I'm just very happy to see it. So, I mean, what would you guys feel comfortable paying for Nick Chubb? Multiple firsts. Multiple. I mean, Chubb, man, like, he's such a pure runner of the football, man. Watching him run the football – I, I think it's prettier than watching Derrick Henry run the ball, honestly. Like, I feel like with Derrick Henry, he f- runs into the back of the line like 20 times per game and just gets no gain, and then he finally breaks one off. Chubb, dude, like he is always falling five yards forward, 
never getting caught behind the line of scrimmage. He always turns negative plays into no gains or positive plays. Like I love Nick Chubb and, you know, Kareem Hunt's now showing signs of being able to, you know, miss some time with injuries and stuff. That was something we never considered in the off season. You know, I think we brought it up a couple of times. What happens if Kareem Hunt misses time? Like we're really going to see Nick Chubb unlock. So, I mean, Kareem's showing signs that he might be aging or, you know, showing some ability to get banged up. I'm fully buying into Nick Chubb. What is he, 25 years old, right in the prime of his career? One of the best offensive lines in the league uh, with a coach that wants to just run, run, run. Um, And if they have to throw the ball 10 times a game, they're completely happy with it. So I think his price, I mean, we were discounting him a little bit based on format because he is so, you know, rushing dependent, doesn't bring a lot to the receiving game, but He's still a top eight, top 10 dynasty running back for me. He's locked and loaded. Yeah, for me, uh, he's going to be like a deadline buy. Like, I'm going to push it as long as I can because, you know, this boom obviously raises the price. If we wait another week, like let's say you're like a week 11, like a week or two, and Kareem Hunt's starting to practice, then you can buy off of that. Oh, Kareem's coming back, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's always about like the narrative and catching your – I would say opponent in a trade or your yeah. adversary in, their, in your trade at a weak moment. So Definitely. right now is like when you're trading Nick Chubb right now, you're in a position of power. You never want to be giving that to somebody else right now. So I would wait like a week or two and then really go grab him. Yeah. I think too, if he's, it looks like he's going to play this week just because he's um, vaccinated and he just has to get two negative results over the next 48 hours to be able to play. But if for whatever reason he's going to be in doubt to play this week and you're a person with a solid record and someone who has Nick Chubb is, you know, really fighting for that playoff push, having a starting running back this upcoming week could be absolutely huge for them. So you might even, you know, if he's going to miss this game for whatever reason, this might be a fantastic buy low window um, from the right desperate owner of Nick Chubb. An equal exchange. Yes. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you guys five quick questions. Mm Mm-hmm. Five. Yeah, five. Nick Chubb (laughs) or Joe Mixon? Mixon. Uh, Man, that one's tough. I Give me Mixon, though. He's got the whole backfield. Wow. A little younger. Nick Chubb or Aaron Jones? Chubb. Chubb. Wow. All right. That was tough. Nick Chubb or DeAndre Swift? Chubb. Ooh, give me Swift. Give me Swift. That one's really hard, but that one's youth and receiving upside. I I agree. That one's tough. Um, Nick Chubb or Dalvin Cook? Chubb. Chubb. That hurt. That one's tough, dude. Those are all tough, man. Nick Chubb or Alvin Kamara? We're not going to get too much into Kamara. Signed a running back from their practice squad. He could be banged up. Mark Ingram. No, take he's three. fine. All right. Nick Trevor Kamara. Kamara. Uh, Kamara. Kamara still. I think so. It's oh, just, that one's really hard too, man. He just gets that receiving work. Yeah. It's just so vital. Yeah. And I think too, this season, like in past seasons when I played fantasy, there's usually like the cream of the crop, top three running backs. And then, the lack then there's just the ones that are blown. I feel like this season it's been kind of just like a morph of 
the running back position. Like there aren't like too many true standouts at the position, you know, Cordero Patterson, um, you know, is like the number four running back. So I feel like, you know, where we were drafting guys and stuff like that hasn't really come to matter that much in regards to running backs. I've, you know, those who are waiting have seemed to be, uh, they've been getting rewarded this season with, you know, Cordero and James Conner and all kinds of guys. So, yeah, we're definitely, here. definitely with you, especially since uh, Devontae Booker is a top 24 running back right now. Yeah, man, seriously. So moving on, we are going to go to my boom of the week. And it's always great when I can uh, go back to back weeks and get a jet on the board. That's is a rare event. I, I couldn't even tell you the last time. Maybe Eric Decker, Brandon Marshall era, 2015, back-to-back booms from a New York Jets player. Uh, but we got Elijah Moore, and I actually had the uh, the guts to start him in one of the leagues. So I'm very wow. happy with myself. Uh, Elijah Moore has calmly and like steadily kind of clicked it on. Each game just a little bit better than the last uh, against New England, he had 57% of the snaps. Against Cincinnati, 36. And then against Indianapolis, 60. So he's not seeing that snap percentage that we really need out of him. But this past week, caught two touchdowns, eight targets, seven receptions. He was getting work over the middle. It wasn't just like little slot passes. And believe me, as the Jet fan, he passed the eye test. Bias is completely here. Remember that. I, I always want to say that. We, that's one thing at the dynasty monarchy. We always make sure that our biases are up, up, up front, and, uh, baby. They're in the bow window, as some would say. Mm-hmm. But no, he, he looked really, really, really great, man. 84 yards receiving, seven of eight. Obviously, that efficiency might drop over time, but he is so young. Zach Wilson is not going to be there probably this week and moving forward. And their playoff schedule is not. Terrible. I'll say terrible. Not terrible. It's not great. It's not terrible. We have Miami, Jacksonville, and then against Tampa Bay. The Tampa Bay game is going to be rough in the championship, but he's a young guy that if you're a contender, maybe you go out and pick him up just to try to see if this young guy can kind of evolve and, you know, just like playing the stock market, right? We always say that, you know, this is the last time before his value can spike through the roof, especially with that playoff schedule. And if he's able to like bring some teams to victory uh, in those key playoff matchups moving forward, I think his value could really go through the roof for the summer. And then once the summer hits, I feel like he's going to be a perma hold for a lot of these teams. Uh, Or that was a really roundabout way of saying that he's looked really good. Sorry. Definitely. Definitely dude. I, I agree, but I want to know, like, how much of it do you think is related to the fact that Mike White and Josh Johnson are just going out there and slinging the ball and they don't give, they don't really care, you know? Uh, I don't know. I think they're, they care more because Zach Wilson was throwing the ball deeper. And, like, Elijah Moore is now working those, like, 10-yard outs, 5-yard outs, and he just keeps getting snaps and snaps and looks better and better every week yeah. over the last, like, three weeks. Like the backup court, like they don't keep their backup court. Like Josh Johnson, the third string quarterback, he just has to go out there and throw the ball. If he does great, great. If not, they're not expecting much from him. Yeah. I think too, like part of the connection might be there because Elijah's, you know, in practice and stuff might not be running with the ones all the time as the number one slot receiver. Jameson Crowder is still there and has been playing a prevalent role in that offense. So, you know, maybe that connection's built from practice a little bit that, 
um, you know, practicing with the twos and threes, being a being the young rookie that he is. But Jamison Crowder is a free agent at the end of this season. Um, and that's when I think Elijah Moore is really going to be able to take over when he can fully dominate those slot snaps. Um, you know, he's a, I think Peter talked a little bit about his snap percentages, but he hasn't been over um, 60 percent of the snaps in five weeks now. So, you know, I think once he gets a full mainstay in that offense next season and beyond, he's going to be phenomenal. But to go along with what Peter's saying, he will be a permahold this summer because of Jamison Crowder leading or leaving 100%. New York. So I think, you know, you can't I probably wouldn't go get him after this week because everyone that's been holding on to him is probably so excited about Elijah Moore and don't, they don't want to give him up right now. But if you can find any down game in the upcoming schedule where he drops a dud on you and people are somewhat wavering from his stock, I'm buying, baby, especially full point PPR like this dude's going to be a monster. I give one question mm-hmm. to both of you him or Rondell Moore for their for their careers oh, that's so tough wow that's really hard the more question I'll, I'll take I'll take Rondell I'll take Elijah that's tough though I will abstain due to my bias <laughs> that's a good one that's a good one that is a really good one all right uh we're gonna move to Jace for his boom yeah my boom of the week um, is James Conner this past week, number one running back on the week by far and away, 21 rush attempts, 96 yards, two touchdowns on the ground in the receiving game, five targets, five receptions, 77 yards and another touchdown. Absolute monster week from uh, Mr. Conner. And this off season, Max talked about it before we jumped on the pod. I was talking people off James Conner left and right. I went to a preseason practice James Conner didn't see the field one time while I was there. It was the Chase Edmonds show. Every analyst I listened to, Chase Edmonds, by Chase Edmonds. James Conner's done. Hey, man, James Conner has been getting it done this season. At the beginning of the year, he was a little touchdown dependent. You know, not a whole lot of yards, not a whole lot of attempts, but he's fallen into the end zone. But now Chase Edmonds is banged up. He's been banged up this season. And since Cliff uh Kingsbury has been in Arizona they have utilized their running backs extremely well they've always attempted to get them in the end zone they run at a high rate they're a high scoring offense super fast pace it's exactly what you want for your running backs and I just think they finally found their guy in James Conner you know a pure downhill runner a bruiser um and I just don't think they had that in Kenyon Drake or David Johnson or um Chase Edmonds over the past few years and I think they finally found it so um, James Conner, I think a lot of people are going to be selling after this giant week, but if Chase Edmonds continues to be banged up moving forward, I think this is Conner's backfield and he can do a lot of damage in this offense. Yeah. I mean, Chase Edmonds has been banged up all year dealing with different kinds of injuries, but I just feel like in this high scoring offense, I get you have AJ Green, Rondell Moore, DeAndre Hopkins, like James Conner's on, like Kyler Murray's not running the ball as much as he used to. I mean, mm-hmm. on the goal line, they're just they're just handing it off to him, you know, and that's so – I mean, he's a running back six in standard and running back 12 in PPR. That's – I mean, that's a number, running back one right now through nine weeks. And then with Edmonds missing all this time, it's only going to go up. So, it, I don't know. Like, what would like, – Jace, what would you feel comfortable paying for him then? I, I would uh, – I mean – I, I give up a second or two, honestly, like 
you wouldn't. So if you're a competitor, you're not going like, if you're like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I can go first because like, I I don't know. I don't want to get burned by him. Like this is the first week where he's really gotten like this true workload. I'm curious to see what they're doing moving forward. He's an older guy. He's shown tendencies to get banged up in the past when he's had a full workload like that. So it scares me a little bit, but I try. Yeah. I'd really try to avoid a first, but like, if you really need it, like you might be able to convince me just to make that final playoff push, you know, Peter. I'm a big eye test guy. He passed the eye test this week. Mm -hmm. Moving forward. I'd like to see, but I am perfectly fine with letting the trade deadline pass and James Conner not being on my team. So I would not force the issue at all. Like you can put out a feeler, but I, I, he's neither here nor there for me. Man had a great game. So as you know, DeAndre Johnson, does that mean he's like worth a lot? Obviously James Conner's going to get the lion's share of carries in that offense. Now, you know, it's not going to be, Eno Benjamin or whatever his name is, but I don't know. I just feel like anybody can put up a lot of points any given week. Obviously, Connor's found the end zone a lot this year, but I think that there's other options that are more safe than James Connor because we saw what James Connor was back in Pittsburgh. We saw what he was. He was great for that first year, and then after that, he kind of just fell off a cliff. And everybody can have a good couple of weeks, you know, as Tyler Lockett. <laughs> yeah, I think too the Arizona system's a lot better for him than the Steelers one. Like you're seeing it with Najee. It's a lot of volume, but it's highly inefficient for the most part, unless it's Najee, you know, making a second effort to lunge for three, four more yards. But real quick, just to touch on a few more quick things, Edmonds is going to miss the next three to four weeks with a high ankle sprain. So you at least have that lockdown for James Conner. We have a timetable and you, I loved what you brought up, Max. I forgot to bring it up. Kyler is not running a lot this year, man. It's, um, it's been quite disappointing from a rushing standpoint from Kyler and to, you know, throw some even more water on top. He's banged up right now. You know, he just missed this last week. We saw Colt McCoy step in last season when Kyler was banged up. That's when we saw his rushing drop right off a cliff. So I'm really worried about Kyler's up, uh, rushing upside. And I think, you know, if I'm worried about Kyler's rushing upside, I'm excited for James Connors rushing upside. So I, I really like him. His injury history definitely scares me but a 2022 first man like if i'm going for it i i probably pay it man i probably pay it i agree jace all right we are gonna move into our bus of the week shame 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 it really is a sad time of the week i, I always hate doing the bus but you know what we do them for you the listener so we have more than one listener. The listener. Yes, plural. You're correct. All right. So we're going to move into our bust of the week category. And then due to the snake draft, Mr. Jace is back up on the board. My favorite. Yep. And I got a real stinker for you guys. This is Mike Williams. Um, man, talk about falling off cliff, man. This guy at the beginning of the season looked like the locked and loaded wide receiver one. I mean, the dude was seeing a ridiculous target share in an offense with a great quarterback that loves to sling the rock. Um, but lately, man, the past three games that he's played, he's only had five targets in each of those games, only two catches in all three of those games as well. His most recent stat line was five targets, two catches for 58 yards. 
man, I don't know what to, I don't know how to feel about Mike Williams, man. Like at the beginning of the season, it looks so good. I bought into it. I gave Max a first form, a, a, a first and Will Fuller actually. Um, and right now that's not looking so good for me. Um, but I think he's got a lot of things negatively going his way. I think one kind of how we were recognizing him as the wide receiver one in this offense. I think defenses are now starting to do that. I think they're making a very concerted effort to take him out of the game and let Keenan Allen, you know, have his 12 catches in the middle of the field. Um, you know, Keenan hasn't been scoring in a massive amount of touchdowns. So I don't think, you know, defenses are necessarily worried about him chewing him up like he used to a few years ago. Um, I, I also think he's got a knee injury that's been um, somewhat swept under the table that might be affecting him. But right now I am standing pat. I'm, I'm not panic selling on this. I'm going to ride it out. Hopefully he can get healthy, healthy. Hopefully they will start utilizing him like they were at the beginning of the season. And he's not just this big play dependent flex option that he's always been. Yeah. I, I think injuries play a big role. I know Justin Herbert's been banged up as well. Um, but I, I'm also standing pat Jason right there with you. Like, He's 26 years old. Teams can he becomes a free agent after this year. Teams see what he can do. He's like excelling at route running, at catching touchdowns, at staying healthy for the most part. Like he hasn't been like season injury, season ending injury or anything. I mean, the offers you're gonna get for him are nowhere near his value. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. if you got Will Full in a first right now, I'd slam accept that. I think that's a great deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would I would be holding him and just looking for the future. I mean, he's 26 years old six foot five, a monster frame. I mean, the guy's a very, very good athlete. For sure. Yeah. You know, I, I always hate being vindicated every single week. I hate <laughs> it. it. It's, it's such, you know, I'm like, uh, I'm like the guy forced to hold the world on his shoulders. I'm not great with Greek mythology, but it's the way to the world <laughs> being right every week about everything, you know, no, I'm kidding, but uh, <laughs> no, you're not, not a little bit. All right. All right. Comedy with comedy comes truth. So fair enough, but no, uh, I think Mike will, I was right at the start of the year, not to like completely jump on the bandwagon, but I'm warming up to buying low on his dip. Just like Jay said, the talent is there. It has always been the consistency that is his problem. Sooner or later, the two will combine. And at this point, people are begging, begging, begging for some kind of like, answer to their fantasy seasons if they're buying in heavy on him at the start of the year, maybe send out a couple of feelers like Antonio Brown for him straight to like a guy who's really trying to win it all this year. So, yeah, definitely. And I think too, just one quick little thing, last three matchups that he struggled have not been friendly Philly tough against wide receivers, new England, always tough against number one options. And then Baltimore at Baltimore, always tough against wide receivers. So schedule lightens up quite a bit, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Denver, Cincinnati, Giants, Kansas City, Houston, and Denver to finish up. So Kansas City and Houston is your two playoff matchups to start it off. Yeah, by the dip, but cautiously. Uh, quick question for you guys. I, I got in a different league. I got offered. I have Michael Carter, and I got Ooh. offered Michael Carter for Mike Williams straight. Whew. Hold Carter. Hold Carter. Carter. Hold wow. Carter. Easy. Easy. Okay. Yeah. Positional scarcity, receiving upside, me likey. Big Young fact. dude, too. Yeah. Uh, we are going to move into my bust of the week, and we're going to talk about the hometown, my hometown, Philadelphia Eagles. Now, if you told me 
three weeks ago that the Eagles would have like five or six opportunities to score a rushing touchdown from the three yard line and told me that zero of them would go to Jalen Hurts, I'd tell you you're cracked. For real. I'd tell you you are messed up in the head, but Jalen Hurts is my bust of the week. Two straight weeks under 20 points. But the big problem is, you know, it's not that his team's underperforming. They're performing, and he's getting under 20 points. These are the games that they're winning and dominating on the offensive side of the ball. And he's putting up under 20 points in fantasy. He has one touchdown in both game com- both games combined. And I think they scored, what is it, 68 points in both both games. Uh, and to score under 40 combined points in both weeks, to under 20 as a uh, as a quarterback is is literally absurd. The team, uh, not the team, Jalen Hurts is averaging 55 rushing yards per game this season. And over the last two games with the shift in the offense, with them starting to run the ball at such a heavy pace and throw less, he's getting 66 and a half yards per game. With this, you know, like unlucky touchdown regression, would you be looking to buy on Jalen Hurts? Personally, I am, but I say it begrudgingly. The draft class is coming up, and Mr. Howie Roseman has three first-round picks. Lord knows what he's going to do with them. Uh, a lot of analysts say that he's going to go quarterback because he doesn't like the Jalen Hurts experience so far. Uh, I, I don't know, but all I can say is that that touchdown uh, regression that he's seen will definitely swing the other way, and it, he will start getting some positive touchdown regression moving forward from the three-yard line. All of those are like read options, and he's just not taking the ball. He's just giving it right up the middle. I'm sure he's going to find the end zone one or two or maybe even like three times over the next week or two. Uh, What I would try to think about like doing for him at this point is sending like a more stable quarterback to a competitor. So like I was thinking like Derek Carr plus a pick or James, uh, not James Conner, Kirk Cousins plus a pick or something like that to entice these guys that need to not let Jalen Hurts have a stinker in the playoffs because if they start him and he puts up 10 points, they're going to be raging all offseason. But he could also put up like 30. I mean, he's very capable of putting up 30. You know, you don't know what you're going to get with him. He hasn't put up 30 this year. He hasn't nope. put up 30. But he puts up 25 like it's his job. Not the last two weeks. All right. When the, the offense weeks. changed. When the offense changed because of Miles Sanders. I don't know. Yeah. I think I love what you're saying, Peter. I'm long-term – he might not be the best buy because you don't even know how long he'll be in the league after this season. And, you know, with what the Eagles want to do uh, with him moving forward and all the picks that they have, that rushing baseline though, is just way too nice, man. Like His you're talking about five and a half points. Yeah. And you're just starting there. So I'm still a quarterback with that rushing upside. I'm always looking to buy the dip, but the playoff schedule, Washington, the giants and Washington again, that is a fantastic ending to um, a fantasy season. So, yes, I love the Kirk Cousins. Uh, uh, Kirk Cousins plus a pick or the Derek Carr plus a pick. If you have uh, Matty Ice on your team and you can somehow ship him off for Jalen Hurts, you could probably argue both of them might have the same long-term value. Don't know. You know, Matty Ice might retire and then Jalen Hurts might not even be on a team next season or be a starter. So, 
I, I'm definitely trying to buy the young dude. It's just that rushing upside. It's it's undeniable for me. 100%. I, I'm with both of you here. I mean, I think any dip is good, as they say in the stock market. I mean, you see a dip mm-hmm. you like. What is it? How's it go, Peter? I've never seen a dip I don't like. That's right. So When people are greedy, be fearful. When people are fearful, be greedy. Be greedy. <laughs> there you go. You can apply that to uh, Dylan Hurts right here. I don't know. Two bad weeks. People are going to be disappointed. They're going to see, hey, look, he's doing this versus Detroit. He's doing this versus the Chargers. I mean, I just wish he could throw more touchdowns. Like the rushing upside is great. And yeah. if you're playing in a six point passing touchdown league, I probably wouldn't go get him because he doesn't throw many touchdowns, you know? Whereas like touchdown six. So I don't know. I think it depends on the context of your league. Obviously, he's worth more in Superflex, but just the uncertainty. It scares me, but the rushing upside is so big. Like I had gone by the dip. The four point six point was a great context to bring up too. I think you know six point definitely not as interested. That's a great point. All right, so we're gonna move into our last bust of the week, and I actually really like this bust. I didn't think about this one because this guy's just so irrelevant. I forget that he even plays football sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wish that I forgot he played football as well. Um, this is Kenny Galladay in the off season. I traded, I was going all in this year. I was like, you know what? This is my year. I'm going to try it. And I'm seven and two in the league, but I traded Jalen Waddle for Kenny Galladay straight. And it's something I regret really badly right now. I mean, Kenny Galladay, two catches, 34 yards. I mean, the guy, he's so bad. Daniel Jones is bad. They have so many weapons there. Saquon Barkley's not even there. The the, the New York giants organization is just such a mess. And the fact that I traded Jalen Waddle, who's looked so good for Kenny Galladay, it really does crush my soul. Um, I just, I feel like Kenny Galladay, he's had a very, very unlucky career with injuries. And I want to give the guy the benefit of the doubt because I think he has a great build. I think six foot four, he can catch touchdowns. We saw what he could do in Detroit. And a lot of me was like, oh, like, was it Detroit? Was it the system? Was it Stafford? I'm starting to think it was Stafford. I think uh, hmm. I think Stafford can make – I mean, Cooper Cup's great, great yeah. good before, but he's great now. Robert yeah. Wood, Dan Jefferson, he's making all these guys excel. I get the mm-hmm. Rams put up a little bit of stinker, but I think Kenny Galladay was just in the right system. He was a number one off – number one target in a bad offense with a good quarterback. That's why he excelled. He got the bag. Good for him. But Dynasty, I'm very disappointed. Yeah, I think, too, in Detroit – you know, I totally agree with what you're saying. I think Stafford totally elevated him to, you know, probably the peak of his fantasy career. That's the best we've seen of Kenny Galladay where his days in Detroit, he was never a giant target guy there either. You know, he wasn't like a giant reception guy. It was all, but it was kind of like DK Metcalf of old, you know, a lot of bomb touchdowns, um, lobs into the end zone. It wasn't three for 60 and a touchdown. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He was never a six, eight catch guy ever. So I think now he's just found himself in a worse offense with a worse quarterback, um, more weapons. You could argue with Shepard and Tony and um, with what Saquon can do out of the backfield. So yeah, he's locked in to his contract. I think his next potential out is in 2024. So we're going to have Kenny G on the giants. I don't even know if he survives the 2024. Yeah. Let's see. He will be in 2024. He'll be 31 years old. Ooh, he'll be out of the league. hundred percent. So Kenny G I mean, what are you guys selling him for at this point? I'm trying to get, I'm probably just trying to get pennies on the dollar at this Dude, point. Uh, 
I'll get I'll get belly button fuzz for him at this point. <laughs> I'll take belly button fuzz. He's wiener. Yeah, dude. If, if not, Matt Stafford can make Van Jefferson fantasy relevant, right? They he could make a bum look decent. He could he could pick up a guy off the street outside of my window in Philly and make him look good. Mm-hmm. Hey, he made Deshaun Jackson look pretty good for a couple of games. This is true. <laughs> I don't I don't know what I would sell him for, but it's just so like. I'd want another receiver. Like, would you guys rather have Kenny Galladay or Antonio Brown? Brown, no, wait, Antonio Brown for sure. Brown's Brown still got another like two years. Yeah, Brown missed a bunch of time, man. Like Kenny G or Odell Beckham. Odell, get, uh, give me the Odell. That's a sad yeah, give Odell. The upside. Yeah, wow. that's a sad Odell from Peter. Kenny, Kenny G or Will Fuller? Oh, Kenny Fuller. G. Fuller. I'll take Kenny G there. I just can't. Uh, yeah, they're both. The, I mean, we're digging through the trash right there. Yeah. So <laughs> this is like I feel like Andy from like toys. I don't want to play with you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Kenny G or Jarvis? Give me Jarvis. He's the number PPR. one. He's, yeah, Jarvis. He's the number one on his offense, and Kenny G will probably be the number three on his offense come like next week because Sterling Shepard gets a lion's share of targets, and Kadarius Tony's going to come into his own for sure. All right, so we are going to move into our contender special. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? For all of those people trying to win now, we're going to rapid fire some players that we really like moving forward that you should definitely get at least a bid in before the trade deadline. And we are going to start with Max, who never puts anything in the show doc. So we are going into this blind. Yeah, you're going into a blind. You- I aren't going to like what I have to say, Peter, honestly, but, uh, uh Odell Beckham. No, dude. I thought that's exactly what was going to come out of his we, mouth. We, we were, we had lose viewers, but, uh, oh, we would, we would be like a different dynasty podcast out there that thinks he's a top 10 wide receiver. <laughs> we won't name names. So yeah. Some, some Shade. But, um, my contender buy is George Kittle. Um, I know, I know. It's it's crazy. He's been hurt. You might have missed the window to buy him. Um, the playoff schedule is just all that. Like, they're past their bye week, which I think is humongous at a time like this. George Kittle is still 27. Some might argue he's a top three dynasty tight end. Some might say top five. I don't really know where you're going to have George Kittle, but this week he was supposed to be on a snap count and still put up fantastic numbers. I mean, he put up, put up a 20 bomb. Yep, six catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown. I really think when George – he only played 73% of the snaps. When George Kittle's healthy, it, it, it's going to be pretty. I mean, he plays Atlanta, Tennessee, and Houston at the playoffs. That's a pretty nice schedule. He's passes by week, like I said. 28, my bad. But he's still the tight end 19 this year and only playing in like four games, so – I love George Kittle. I love I like I almost like him more with Jimmy G. Um I didn't really Definitely. get to see him with Trey Lance though. So George Kittle's the guy I'd be going out with right now. I think having that positional advantage at tight end going into the playoffs is humongous. And give me a potential trade. A potential trade for George Kittle? Would you do Fryermuth and a first? Yeah, I'd rather have Kittle. Uh would, I, would you do Kyle Pitts straight? Hmm. That's if tough. you're a contender, if you're a contender, trying to win it all this year, yeah, I would trade. I would trade Kyle Pitts for George Kittle. 
I think I would too. That one's tough. Though. That, that's that one's tough. so tough. But yes, I would. As well. Would you? Would you guys do Hawkinson and a second? <sighs> yes, I'd rather have Kittle. I think I would rather have Kittle from what we've seen so far. Hawkinson and a first. I think I'd rather have Hawk in the first at that point. What year first? Yeah, that makes a difference. Whatever year your little heart desires, Peter. Give me a 2023 first. We'll probably talk about in the offseason, and I'll look like an idiot. I'll say, if you have a 2022 first, trade it for a 23 and some. (laughs) Delay your gratification. That's right. Some people can't do that, though, Peter. I don't know. He's an interesting, interesting fella, and if he can stay healthy with that schedule passes by week, I love it. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So we're going to move into my pick for a contender trade. I This is another like shocking one that I never thought I'd be saying. Um, there are some running backs in the league that are good. There are some running backs in the league that are great. And there are some running backs in the league that do what you need them to do every week. They're, you're not begging them to put up 30 points like Derrick Henry to save you on a Monday night or Aaron Jones or one of these top-tier guys. He's going to do what you need him to do. Chris Carson is going to start practice on Wednesday, coming back off of his injury. He is definitely not at the lowest point on his buy-low dip, but fairly low. He's very old. They are going to probably invest capital either in the draft or somewhere else this offseason in uh, a new running back in Seattle. I think some people out there would probably do like an early for an early uh, second rounder for Chris Carson. I traded him in the off season for a first straight. Uh, I think, think it's really just a great deal. Like he is going to do what he needs to do. Now here is the biggest question. He has one guaranteed startable game in the playoffs. It is in the championship round week 17 against the lions. So his schedule is a little bit more rough, but so he goes against the Rams week 15, which is, you know, for a running back one, you never know if a guy's going to find the end zone, but not a, not a good, not a good matchup. Then he goes to Detroit, not to Detroit. uh, He goes home against Chicago, which is like a decent game, but then he's home in Seattle, week 17, potentially fighting for a playoff spot with Russ at the helm against Detroit, where they're going to blow them out of the water in your championship round. He can be a league winner for super cheap. And I think I would just give up a second for him. And if I was an owner, I'd take that at this point. Well, Peter, we own him in Dynasty Monarchy. I wouldn't trade him for a second. Well, we're contending. This is true. This is true. I don't know. I love the week 17 matchup. Just the long-term future scares me a little bit, but this is a contender episode and we're talking basically redraft style. If you're going to be there in the end and you face Chris Carson in the championship, you're going to be very sad. Especially if you have a week, like the first week of the playoffs bye week, if you have a good squad. Mm, oh yeah then you only have to get through one week and that's chicago i think for a running back two and then you can move up to a running back one in the championship week i love it peter yeah you guys said everything i wanted to say this is a great 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 target he's the age and his contract and kind of the uncertainty kind of surrounding the seahawks this is a great time to buy low he's probably dirt cheap so i love it 
All right, so we're going to move into Jace's pick for his contender special. Yeah, uh, like Max, I'm going after positional scarcity here. I got Dallas Goddard as my contender buy. And, Bang. you know, yeah, um, I think kind of the hype of Goddard has now passed. You know, when Ertz got traded away, I think everyone was freaking out about Dallas Goddard, and then he's kind of laid some duds over the past couple weeks. And I think a lot of that's due to just that Philly offense that we're talking about. They're just grounding and pounding the football right now. Um, and they're just not throwing a whole bunch, but Dallas Goddard, man, his target share, you know, the, the overall numbers look gross because it's such low totals, but his target percentage is through the roof. So over the past three weeks, since Zach Ertz was traded away, he's averaged a 33% target share, which is like, man, name your favorite wide receiver. They're lucky if they get a 33% target share. And then just over the past two weeks, he has a 42 and a half percent target share. So Insane. half of the, half of the uh, throwing offense or passing offense is going to Dallas Goddard. You know, maybe we see the Eagles continue to ground and pound like this, especially once they get their most talented back back on the field um, in Miles Sanders. But I'm buying this, you know, this target share here. I think the opportunities are going to have to rise. He's so highly efficient with the ball in his hands. He's always been a good yards after the catch kind of guy. So I love Dallas Goddard. And just to, we talked about it a little bit with Jalen Hurts, but his final push, well, actually just his schedule in general for tight ends. The next two matchups are Denver and New Orleans, not great matchups, but then he goes New York Giants, New York Jets, a late bye, which stinks, but then he's got Washington, the Giants, and Washington again in the playoffs. So um, as it pertains to tight ends, that's as solid of a matchup you could ask for in the playoff schedule. So I'm loving him, and honestly, I know everyone's super excited about Mr. Pat Fryermuth. I'm send I'll send Demuth over straight up for Dallas Goddard. Straight. I will. Great. I will. I think I, not I to agree. go not to go too deep into it. Big Ben is not going to be there after this season. Don't know what the quarterback situation is going to look like. Demuth this season, he's uh he's been hyper efficient with his touchdowns over the past two weeks. He hasn't ever, you know, added too many yards to his stat sheet and, you know, seven targets. That's definitely nothing to sneeze at, but in that Pittsburgh offense, you know, they're not deep targets. They're not highly efficient targets. So um, yeah, I, I want Dallas Goddard over there. Pat Fryermuth. I would agree Jace about that take as well. And just to have that positional scarcity, I mean, the Jets, if you play the Jets anywhere in the next couple of weeks, I love it. I'll, I'll take all the shares I can get. Peter, I'm sorry, but it's just we, we've seen yeah. Hunter Henry torch them, Johnny Smith. We the saw. Yeah, it, it's bad. And I think Dallas Goddard is so cheap right now. And a couple weeks ago when Zach Ertz was still there, he would be even cheaper. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's a very, very great window to buy Dallas Goddard. And I really don't even think it's like just for contenders. Like I think he's still young enough where he could be later on. So I love it. Yeah. So we're going to do hit and miss of the week really quick. Uh, and then we'll, we'll keep the snake going. So we'll get Jace on his hit of the week. My hit of the week actually happened this morning. I, like I said, I have not been feeling great the past couple of days. With that being said, I was kind of blindly checking my assignments and I had a professor put an assignment in uh it was due today but at 9 a.m instead of 11:59, like every other assignment i've ever had in college 
So I neglected to turn an assignment in today and I didn't feel great. I wasn't going to go to class, but I, you know, I was like, ah, I didn't turn in the project. I got a, I got a show face showed up. Professor pulled me aside, let me turn it in, in class, gave me the full credit for the whole thing. So that was, that was my uh, hit of the week, you know, little 2% grade boost. And, uh, which is great for the final push. We just need to graduate. C's get degrees, baby. That's right. That's true. Uh, my hit of the week definitely had to do with, and I'm sorry to say this, Alex. It's it's uh, guest Big Al's birthday at the time yeah. that we're recording, but I had to hand him an L on his birthday week. It was very <laughs> sad, but... Uh, my team put up the most in our redraft league and uh, proof positive that I've been making the right decisions. I lost a lot, couple games early on and everyone was telling me I had to make all these moves. And I, I, I stuck with it. I said, this team is good. Yeah. And, you know, I had confidence in my team. And sometimes you need that, especially around the trade deadline. You need to know what's going on. For sure, dude. Love that. All right, Max, your hit of the week. Yeah, my hit of the week is beating – Dynasty Monarch Jace in uh, our Dynasty League. Um, we had a close matchup. Jace was, I think, coming in. Were you the three seed? I was the two seed. Yeah, I think so. It was it was a nice matchup. Both of our teams kind of underperformed. Um, mm-hmm. I decided to sit Christian McCaffrey a couple minutes before one o'clock. I don't know if you saw that. I was worried about the snap I didn't. Count, but I ended up beating Jace. So that's a hit of the week. Um, <laughs> good, and that's in our Dynasty League. And then my pit. Or my Pete, whatever you want to call it, um, my pit of the week. Your miss. Your miss. My low, whatever. My valley is losing in redraft by another point one zero again. So it's my second time this year losing to point one by point one. So not point one, point oh one. Oh no, no. no. Oh no, I was wrong. Point. point, I lost by point one six this time. The last time Mm. I lost by point one zero. That's Oof. tough. That hurts. Oh, dude, I lost by it's it's what it is. It's the name of the game. That's what we sign up to play. It's so great about epic it. highs and lows of fantasy <laughs> football. Yeah. All right. So my miss of the week was I wasn't feeling too hot about the Thursday night game against the Jets. And you know what? They delivered. So my miss of the week was seeing Mike White go out there. And realizing that Jets fans can't end up anything nice. And then him getting hurt in my Thursday night, just getting completely ruined after really being excited for a Jets game. First time in a long time. That is tough. You can hear the defeat in my voice. It's very sad. (laughs) That is sad. All right. Well, for my miss of the week, this one hurts. I, I, I don't know when exactly this trade took place in the week, but in a redraft league, I, I traded, uh, sent quite a package over to get my man AJ Brown. I sent Keenan Allen, Jerry Judy, Pat Fryermuth, and a defense over to get the Buffalo Bills defense, Mo Alley Cox, AJ Brown, and Kenyon Drake. And my whole reasoning was I had Michael Thomas on the bench. So my wide receiver core was going to be DJ Moore, Cooper Cup, AJ Brown, and a healthy Michael Thomas. Made the trade. Only a day later, I find out Michael Thomas is going to miss the rest of the season. So now my first place redraft team, actually, I just lost, so I might not be in first place anymore. But my outstanding redraft team is now lacking majorly 
in the the depth department for wide receivers. So yeah, losing Mike Thomas and making that trail or <laughs> making that trail, making that trade was my huge miss of the week and might be my miss of the season. Ooh, miss of the season alert. Might All lose right. me a championship that, you know, down there at the end, man. Gotta make Got it first. Key. That's true. All right, Chase, let's get the quote. And send the happy listeners on their merry way to winning some games this weekend. For sure. So this quote is from Queen Elizabeth II, the GOAT, longest uh, reigning queen in uh, British history. So Is she a puppet or no? She's <laughs> no, just been man. there forever. No, she thinks on her own, man. She's a G. I love uh, Queen Elizabeth II. So does my girlfriend. She's actually the one who helps me out with finding my quote. She's a history major. So big time help from uh, McKenna. Shout out, shout out to the wonderful girlfriend. Shout out, producer McKenna. Yeah, <laughs> producer McKenna. Uh, but my quote from Queen Elizabeth says, I have in sincerity pledged myself to your service as so many of you has, have pledged yours to mine. Throughout all my life and with all my heart, I shall strive to be worthy of your trust. And I think this just kind of speaks to the podcast. You know, each and every week we're going to get up in front of the microphone. We're going to, you know, spew out some takes. Some are going to hit, some are going to miss. Uh, But at the end of the day, we want this to be a tool for you guys. We've said it from the beginning. And all we're doing is each and every podcast trying to find a way to gain your trust. Um, So, you know, you guys trust us. We're going to trust you guys with our podcasts and all the suggestions and everything. So it's a give and take relationship. And, uh, you know, Hopefully you guys trust us at this point. We're 13 episodes deep. Best episode yet. As we always said. They get better. I like that, Chase. Thank you. Thank you, McKenna. (laughs) Thank you, McKenna. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Again, wanted to give another shout out to Game Day Liner for supporting the podcast. Visit gamedayliner.com and use the discount code DYNASTY21 today to score 15% off your custom truck bed liner. Again, code DYNASTY21, all lowercase, to get your custom truck bed liner, turf truck bed liner, that is. And then beyond that, anything else before we send everybody to the Saturday or Sunday gambling episode? Yeah, I have one thing. If you, you know the holiday season's coming up, we got some exciting things planned here, the Dynasty Monarchy. So stick with us. Get your get our tweet notifications on. Jace's, Peter's. I don't really tweet that often. I don't have Twitter right now. But get my burner. Get my burner. Yes, I'm oh. Peter's burner. And you can get <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Peace out, everybody. Love you all. Yep. Take it easy. Love you too, Peter. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.